welcome to my mommy's podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Four Sigmatic. You have heard me talk about them a lot, and it's because I love them so much. Their products are a regular part of my life. And in fact, I can't even remember the last time I did not consume one of their products in a given day. My hands down favorite is their coffee with lion's mane. And there are two ways I drink it. They make convenient packets that are great for just adding to hot water for instant coffee on the go. And they also make a ground coffee with lion's mane that is great for brewing just like you would any other ground coffee. Another trick I do sometimes is to bring the packets with me and I will actually add them to coffee or even to decaf coffee when I'm traveling just for the extra energy boost. And I find that lion's mane gives me a lot of clarity and focus, but without the jitters. It's important to note, neither of these things or any of their products taste like mushrooms. So if you aren't a huge mushroom taste fan, these are still worth trying. They taste just like coffee, but they get that added punch from Lion's Mane, or they also have one with cordyceps. And I find this gives me, like I said, clean energy and focus all day. I also love using their coffee packets for the popular Dalgana coffee that is making the rounds on social media right now. If you're not familiar, it's a whipped form of coffee that gets added to milk or it could be cashew milk, pecan milk, etc. And so I make that with their coffee and lion's mane packets and coconut sugar for a really delicious iced coffee treat. You can check out their coffee with lion's mane and all of their many products at foursigmatic.com forward slash wellness mama. That's F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com forward slash wellness mama. And if you use the code wellness mama, all one word, you can save 15%. This podcast is sponsored by hypoair.com. That's H-Y-P-O-A-I-R.com, which is a powerful line of air purifiers and surface sanitizers that can be used in any environment. Their systems and technologies are backed by 15 years of laboratory, university, and real-world commercial studies that prove that they can handle mold, dust, viruses, allergens, bacteria, chemicals, VOCs, and more. Unlike some systems, theirs combines various methods of purifying the air to create a highly effective system that can handle anything from small apartments and individual rooms all the way up to their full-size commercial units for big spaces. With the focus on air quality and, and what we're finding about how important that is right now, I wanted to make sure these systems were available to all of you. And listeners of this podcast can save 10% on these air filters with the code wellnessmama10 by going to hypoair.com. So that's H-Y-P-O-A-I-R.com and make sure to use the code wellnessmama10 to save 10%. Hello and welcome to the Wellness Mama podcast. I'm Katie from wellnessmama.com and wellness.com. That is wellness with an E on the end, which are our new line of personal care products that work even better than their chemical alternatives. I am so excited about this episode, which is all about how to upgrade your brain and learn anything faster. And I'm here with a dear personal friend, Jim Quick. Yes, that's his real name. And he is a widely recognized world expert in memory improvement, brain optimization, and accelerated learning. His story is incredible. After a childhood brain injury left him learning challenged and teachers told him that he had a, quote, broken brain, he developed strategies to dramatically enhance his mental performance and is now truly one of the best in the world. He has since dedicated his life to helping others unleash their true genius and brain power. He's host of the top-rated Quick Brain podcast and the newly, as of yesterday and the day we record this, best-selling author of Limitless, which is a book about upgrading your brain and how to unlock an exceptional 
life. His mission in life is no brain left behind. And in this episode, he gives some practical strategies for navigating isolation, how to emerge stronger from a crisis, how to train yourself to learn anything more quickly, and how to find your sweet spot and inner genius. It's always a wonderful episode with Jim. This one is no exception. I know that you will enjoy it as much as I did. So without further ado, here is my dear personal friend, Jim Quick. Best-selling author, Jim Quick, welcome to the podcast. So good to be here, Katie. Thank you for having me. It's good. Thank you for everyone who's listening. I'm so excited to chat with you. I've known you personally for years now and been a fan of your work for that long as well. And I think you have um, just so much knowledge and so much to share. And I'm really excited for the direction that we're going to take today. Um, To start, for anyone who missed your first episode, I'll, I'll of course make sure it's linked so you guys can find it in the show notes. But just tell us a little bit about your story and how you became who you are today. Sure. Um, A lot of people refer to me as a brain coach, which is interesting because that wasn't my my upbringing. If anything, my inspiration really was my desperation. I suffered from a traumatic brain injury at the age of five. Actually, in kindergarten class, I had a very bad fall. And after that, my parents said, well, before I was very energized, very curious, and very playful. But then I became very shut down after my after my injury, and uh, where it showed up the most was in school. I had very uh, slow processing issues. Teachers would have to repeat themselves over and over again. I learned to game it and pretend I understood, but I didn't really understand. I had poor focusing skills. It took me an extra three years to learn how to read. Um, I remember I was struggling on a very particular day, slowing down a class when I was nine years old, and I was being teased by the other. Uh, kids in class and the teacher comes I think to my defense uh but pointed to me and said that's the boy with the broken brain and uh and even though I think she was trying to explain that this was like kind of my handicap all I walked out with from that was that label in my mind I just kept on hearing it over and over again and that label became my my limit and when I talk about becoming limitless I I use the metaphor of being in a box and I feel like you know, we all in some area of our life feel like we're not making progress and, or maybe we feel like we're stuck. And I feel like that's where it, that label was imprinted on me. And, um, and it really affected everything from there with, with just challenges learning. Cause every single time I did badly on a test, which was like all the time, every time I wasn't picked for sports, which was pretty regularly, I would always say it to myself, it was because I was the broken, you know, boy, the broken brain. But at the age of 18, I was able to recover and I came across uh, books and mentors that helped me to be able to level up my, my learning. It got really bad before, you know, it got worse before it got better, um, where I wasn't eating and sleeping. I was so, I wanted to make my, my purpose really was to make my parents proud. And they weren't tiger parents. Uh, we, we had immigrated, my dad immigrated here in the United States when he was 13 years old. He had lost both his parents. And um, they couldn't afford to feed him. So he came to the United States to live with his aunt, who I knew as my grandmother. And um, it, was, it was tough, you know, didn't have the money, didn't have the resources, the education, the language. We live in the back of a laundromat that my mother worked at. And, uh, but I was really, really wanted to make their sacrifice, um, being the oldest of three kids, uh, siblings. I really wanted to be a good example. So I had put a lot of pressure on myself. And so I ended up hitting a wall freshman year in college. I, I thought being a freshman meant I could make a fresh start and I pull all these all-nighters and, and not eat, not sleep because I 
I wasn't getting the grades and that was, there was a lot of money to go to school that I didn't have. And I ended up passing out in the library, fell down a flight of stairs, hit my head again. I ended up in the hospital two days later and I just, I thought I died. And I then part of me probably wished I, it was a very dark time. And, um, and from there though, through serendipity, I came across personal development. I started studying uh, adult learning theory, multiple intelligence theory, um, ancient mnemonics, uh, memory methods that people would use before there was printing presses. I, I discovered speed reading and about 60 days into it, a light switch flipped on and I just started to just show up. It, it was like night and day. And I started to have better focus. I could sustain my concentration. I started to remember what I read and understand what professors were teaching and I couldn't help but help other people. And one of my very first students, she was a freshman. She read 30 books in 30 days, not skim or scan. She really read them. And she ended up, their books on health and wellness. And she ended up saving her mother's life, terminal cancer. And when I found out that news, I realized that if knowledge is power, learning is our superpower. And uh, I dedicated my life for the past 28 plus years to helping people to unlock that superpower that we all have inside of us. I love that. And I think especially um, for kids, that's such a cool message. I know my kids love your work as well um, and have done some of your courses with me. Um, I think that especially that superhero wording is so special for kids and connecting with them. And probably like you, I would guess there are other kids in today's world who have had um, maybe not been told they have a broken brain. I, I hope not, but have been labeled with an, a label like ADD or ADHD or something that like something not neurotypical. And then they wear that label and they kind of carry that with them. Um, and ironically, I actually found out about a year ago that I technically have ADHD. And it, what's funny is I bet if I had been diagnosed as a kid, my life might've played out a little bit differently, but I, I think it actually became in, in your words, a lot of a superpower being able to use it to my advantage. And so this is one of the reasons I love talking to you, especially for all the parents listening, because um, especially we know all the rates of all of these things are on the rise. A lot of parents are trying to navigate. Um, how do you help and teach a child who I don't, I don't like who doesn't have a broken brain, but who has a special brain and who has an incredible brain? How do you support them? Um, and I, I love your work for that reason. Um, I, so I, I'd love to start a little bit almost with the, that side and the homeschooling side, um, because I homeschool my six kids. And when we started teaching them, I tried to think, how do you best prepare kids for a world that we don't even really maybe know what it's going to look like when they're adults at this point? What are the skills that make them most able to thrive in any environment when they're adults? And we settled on things like creativity, critical thinking, the ability to learn quickly. And these are, of course, things that you teach to the world and teach to CEOs and teach to actors and actresses. And so I'd love to start there. How can we start preparing our kids, especially now that many people are homeschooling unexpectedly these last few months? Certainly, certainly. I mean, this goes right into the heart of my book called Limitless. It's all about upgrading your brain, learning anything faster and unlocking your exceptional life. And I use that word exceptional because when I was in elementary school, I remember that um, I, I would spend a lot of time with the geeky kids in school or the nerdy kids as, as people would label them. And it, the only difference was I didn't have the grades, but I had the same interests like comic books and video games. My fondness for superheroes came from, I, I learned how to read um, by teaching myself by reading comic books and something about the illustrations and the stories of good versus evil. 
um, first, you know, they said superheroes offer hope, they offer real help. And um, I always wanted to discover and develop my superpowers. But I remember that my specific group of friends, one day a teacher came in and said, good news, we're creating a, a, a group for all of you and we're calling it MASP, More Able Student Program, MASP. These are the more able students. Um, and I was the only one uh, that wasn't on that list. And, uh, and I created a group for myself called LASP, Less Able Student Program. And uh, just thinking back, I can't even imagine that mindset. And, but these, they called them the exceptional kids. And that's why I put exceptional on the cover of the book that everybody can have an exceptional life. That Limitless is not about being perfect. Limitless is about advancing and progressing beyond what you believe is possible. And so at the heart, to answer your question, going back to children and homeschooling, I see everything through a framework that I call the limitless model. And when there is a gap between where you are and where you want to be, whether it's learning or in any area of life, we need to look into one of these three areas. Um, so if it's okay, Katie, I could describe the framework and then we could go micro. Yeah, let's do that. Okay, so what I'd love everybody to do, and we'll do this really quick, is to take out a piece of paper and take some notes. If you're not note-taking, at the very least, imagine what I'm about to visualize for you, be able to explain to you. I want everyone to think of three intersecting circles, and it's a Venn diagram. For those of you who know what a Venn diagram is, it's three, so kind of like uh, Mickey Mouse, two ears that intersect and overlap, and a face that overlaps with the other two. And this is the limitless model. And I believe that let's think about, let's make it very practical. Let's think about an area that you feel you are limited, where you're not making progress, or you feel maybe your child is not making progress in a specific area. For you, it might, listening, it might be in a relationship, it might be in your career, it might be in your health and wellness, it could be in your income, it could be your impact, it could be your own, your own personal learning, maybe your memory or reading. Uh, or it could be for your ch child. As you're doing this, so there, when you're thinking about it being in that box where you're not making progress, that box is defined by three dimensions, right? It's three-dimensional. And the three forces that keep you in that box are also the same three forces that will liberate you out of that box or your child out of that box. And uh, these are the three circles that are represented. So these are the three forces. The first one is our mindset. And this is something you're, you're very familiar with is... Um, these are things like our assumptions and attitudes about something, about the world, about our children, about the education system, about ourselves, what would fall in this category, in the circle, things like what you believe is possible, what would fall in the circles, what you believe you're capable of, or what, this could be your child, what your child thinks is possible, or your child thinks they're capable of, um, what you believe you deserve would fall underneath your mindset. So that's the first, and I'm going to go through three circles, three M's. I always alliterate, make everything acronyms, just easy, easy to memorize, right? The last M, just to fast forward, are methods. And this book primarily was a book on methods. Before I turned it in, it was all about, you know, the things you mentioned, how to read faster, how to remember facts, figures, foreign languages, how to be a critical thinker, how to focus and concentrate, because these are things that... We, we, we take for granted, but we're not taught necessarily in school. School teaches us what to learn, what to study, what to read, what to remember, what to focus on, what to think, but not how to learn and how to study and how to focus and how to remember and how really to read effectively and how to think, certainly. And so the book 
when before I turned it in, it was, it was a really good self-help manual on how to do meta learning, learning how to learn for any age or stage of life. And then I asked myself this question before I emailed it in. I said, will 100% of the people who read this book get the results they were hoping for? And my honest answer was no. And that was really kind of hard for me to reconcile because uh, you know, the book was done and everyone that looked at it said, this is, these are, this is amazing. This is like a blueprint for accelerated learning. Um, but I wasn't happy with it because I want people to get the results. And so I went back and I added two extra circles, if you will, or sections to the book. And the first one is your mindset. Uh, because the challenge is if I give somebody a method on how to memorize things in, in biology class, uh, but their, that's the method, but their mindset is I'm not smart enough or I'm broken or I'm, I have a horrible memory, then that's going to affect, that's going to still keep a child or an adult inside that box, that mindset. So we have to address that. The second M is your motivation. And motivation is, is interesting because um, a lot of people feel motivation is something that's it's always temporary. It's you wake up and you hope you have motivation or you go to a seminar and you jump up and down and, and you pump your fist and you clap and you just see you're still motivated to do X, Y, Z tomorrow. But the next day comes and, you know, X, Y, Z doesn't happen. And so I figured out a formula for motivation, not only for adults, but also for children. Uh, for any human being. And the formula is P times E times S3. So whether you wanted to be able to motivate yourself or motivate a child, these are the three ingredients, P times E times S3. And just very briefly, whether it's motivating a child to, to clean their room or to be able to study or you're getting yourself to you know, do a little exercise today, meditate, or, you know, go do some red light or cold therapy. You know, you have to, you need these three ingredients to be consistent because motivation, the only proof somebody is motivated, yourself, your children, anybody, your employees, your team, is if they're doing something. It's not what you say. You can say you're motivated, but that doesn't mean it. You can feel motivated, but if you're not doing it, it still doesn't count. So what I did was I realized that I did this thought experiment. I said, okay, I realized that human motivation is important because a lot of people know the methods, but they still don't do those things, whether it's in their business and marketing and in investments and, you know, in their personal, you know, performance and their child rearing, but they don't do it because common sense is not common practice. So what, what are the keys? So I did this thought experiment saying, okay, if we're going to build the ultimate motivated human being, this is the ultimate motivated human being. They just, their drive is unre unrelentless. They, they won't stop what are the ingredients? And I said, the first thing that we need is P and the P stands for purpose. And I don't mean a life purpose, although I do touch on that in the book pretty well in detail. I mean, having a reason to do that activity because reasons reap results and not a cognate, not just understanding cognitively a child or an adult doesn't, it's not just knowing that this is good for you and the rewards that will come from it, but you have to feel that because if you don't feel it, we're not logical as much as we are biological. And when you think about dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, endorphins, this chemical soup that we are, we're motivated by, by the emotions. In fact, we learn better when emotions are in play rather than when they're not. And so how do you tap into more of that purpose is you allow yourself to feel. And the rewards that will come from that activity and also maybe even the consequence of 
or the discomfort that comes from not doing that activity. For example, I have a friend who wakes up at 4.30 every morning and, um, and they work out. And we we're just, I was just wondering, because I was just, um, people's mindset, I'm always curious. I was like, do you, are you a morning person? He was like, no, absolutely not. I'm like, well, then you must really love working out if you wake up every morning at 4.30. He was like, no, I actually hate working out more than I enjoy waking up um, in the morning. And I'm like, wow. So some people think you have to enjoy that activity, but it's not necessarily true uh, because, but you do need a reason to do it. Meaning that I take uh, in part of my morning routine for people who've listened to my podcast or my videos is I take a cold shower. I met Wim Hof over seven years ago and, and I've been taking cold showers and ice baths for seven years. I've never missed a day ever. And, um, and truth be told, I really, I grew up in the Northeast. I dislike the cold. I really dislike the cold, but I do it and I never miss it because I have reasons because I know how I feel afterwards. It's like the best nervous system reset for me. I feel even better than, you know, having coffee. It lowers inflammation in my body. I find, you know, amazing um, levels of growth when I can find calm and in, in, in chaos or cold. And so I never miss it because I feel the reasons, you know, and then just one last example is I recently I, I met an acquaintance and I saw somebody recently that I know, not really closely, but they looked amazing, but they weren't always like that. They, you know, they had a really compromised lifestyle in terms of smoking and eating and, and stuff like that. And they end up having a heart attack, but afterwards they still didn't make any changes. And then, um, and then they did. And I wanted to know, Hey, what, what motivated you to do that and to prioritize your, your wellness. And he said that it was his daughter you know, who's young and uh, young, young in elementary school. And one day she was crying and crying and he wanted to find out why. And she, you know, she wanted, she said that, you know, she, she wanted him to be there when she had children or to, you know, walk her down the aisle, that kind of thing. And it just, she, he felt that purpose and has been consistent ever since motivated. So that's purpose. So then when I'm going back in this experiment, I'm thinking, okay, if something, some a human being just has enough purpose, will they always be motivated? And I said, no, they can be missing the E and the E stands for energy. Meaning going back to, let's say simple thing like exercise, maybe you, you, you feel the purpose and the reasons to exercise, but you haven't, you have a newborn and you haven't slept in three nights, probably not gonna be as motivated because you're gonna be exhausted. Right. Maybe, you know, leaders are readers and it's amazing if somebody has decades of experience, they put it into a book and you can sit down and read that book in a few days and you could, you know, download decades of days and you feel the benefit, you feel the purpose. You could be, you could be an expert, you can make more money, you can serve more people, um, make, make better decisions, you could feel it. But maybe you ate a big processed meal and you're in a food coma and you lack the energy. You might not be motivated to read or study that day, or your child might not be motivated to read and study that day because they lack the energy. And then my mind went, finally, is, okay, is there anything missing? If somebody, an adult or a child has purpose, they feel it, they have plentiful energy, you know, we talk about all the things in the book, everything, great brain diet, optimizing your sleep and stress management and, and all those things, um, will they always be motivated? And I said, no, the last thing missing, S3, small, simple steps. I realized that what keeps people sometimes unmotivated, even if they have purpose, even if they have an abundance of energy, is they don't know what to do. Or that thing that they're thinking about is way too intimidating. It's like, oh, I want to create, uh, you know, the next million dollar business online. 
you know, I want to meet my soulmate and live happily ever after, whatever their, their ambitions are, they haven't broken it down into achievable steps. And how you find your small, simple step S3 is asking a simple question like, what is the tiniest action I could take right now that will give me progress towards, towards this goal where I cannot fail? What's the tiniest action I could take right now to give me progress towards this goal where I can't fail? And so simple things like maybe working out and doing Pilates or Soul Cycle or whatever for an hour is just too difficult. It's too intimidating. Maybe putting on your running shoes, that's your small, simple step. Maybe it's not reading an hour a day or 45 minutes a day. Maybe it's opening up the book or maybe it's reading the first line you know, on the page. And so if you inch by inch, it's a cinch, yard by yard, it's way too hard. And that's really the formula we have for, for motivation. And then finally, going into your question, the last, now that these first two M's are in place and, um, you know, we have the mindset that, you know, a child believes it's possible or they believe they deserve it. They believe they're capable of it. Um, we, that's where we unfold some of the lies to learning. I think there's, there's seven, I've accumulated over the last 28 years, like seven core lies that the majority of the population we subscribe to. And a lie for me stands for a limited idea. Entertain is not necessarily true, but it's just, it's a limited idea that we choose to give energy, and we, we so we, we unlimit those. You know, we we show people that how how to find purpose, how to feel it through exercises that they do, and then you know do optimize their energy, break things down. Then we can teach them the methods of speed reading and critical thinking and everything. But the aha comes as you're looking at the diagram right now. The three M's. There are also three I's. Where mindset crosses over with motivation, you have inspiration. Where mindset crosses over with motivation, you have inspiration. Now, you have mindset experts. You have mindset books. One of my favorite books by Carol Dweck called Mindset. Um, you have motivational speakers. You have motivational experts, motivational books. Um, and you also have where they cross over inspirational speakers and inspirational books and inspirational movies and you and what they do is they, they 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 change your mindset maybe about what's possible and they open it up a little bit and they also give you some energy or some motivation um, but the problem is you're inspired you have inspiration but you don't know what to do right and so you're lacking the methods because it's not crossing over with methods where mindset crosses over with methods you have ideation Meaning it's your mindset, it's in your head. You believe it's possible. You believe you're capable of it. You believe you deserve it. And methods, you know, the process for speed reading or learning languages or, you know, supporting your kids with their, with their studies, but you don't have the motivation. So it only stays an idea. So that's ideation. And then finally, where you have motivation and methods, you have implementation. You're motivated, purpose, energy, and you have the process. You know exactly how to study, exactly how to concentrate, exactly how to actively listen. But where you're stuck, you could still be stuck in that box because you're only going to be able to achieve as much as your mindset allows. And so you, you, you might not believe it's possible for you. You might not believe you could earn that much money. You might not believe you're, you deserve that, you know, that, that result. And now where all three I's and all three M's converge right in the middle, you have the fourth I, which is integration. Integration like integer or integral means you're whole. And so that's just who you are. And that middle space right in the middle, that's the state of, of limitless. And that's, that's really the goal. So what I'm working with, whether again, 
anyone of any age or any stage of life. I'm looking at through this framework because, and everyone, I, I invite you to do the same thing, that if you're stuck somewhere in that box or your child is struggling in that box, it allows you have with these distinctions, because unless you take the invisible and you make it visible, you take something that's intangible and it becomes more concrete, then it allows you to address the real problem. The, where, where is the constraint here? Where, where's, the, where's the false boundary or border? Is it in, your, is it in their mindset? You know, do they not believe it's possible? Do they not believe it's possible for them? Do they not believe they deserve it and so on? Or do they not have purpose? Do they not, do these children not know why they're studying this specific subject? Is it not relevant to them? Do they not feel the rewards that, that are the consequences? Um, or do they not have energy? Are they staying up late at night? Are they eating poor processed food? Are they stressed? Um, or are they spending around time around people that's, you know, energy vampires that are stealing their energy or so are they nutrient deficient you know should they get a, a nutrient profile done because if you're lacking you know certain key nutrients you're not, your brain's not going to perform right or maybe they're in a very cluttered environment and we know cleanliness you know is a good indicator for uh, your external world's a reflection of your internal world you know and so it gives you clarity and gives you energy or maybe they haven't broken it down into a small simple step you know maybe they what they need to do is break it down or maybe they're using poor methods, poor methods of memory, of just repetition over and over and over again, or maybe poor methods of reading, which is, you know, regressing and back skipping and losing focus or sub-vocalizing. Maybe they have to upgrade their methods. So my message for everyone here is, is don't, with everything going on now in the world, do not downgrade your dreams to fit this current situation. Instead, upgrade your mindset, your motivation, and your methods to be able to meet those dreams. I love that. And I think we're navigating a really probably unique time um, for a lot of this and with so much uncertainty going on right now in general. And I want to get into that a little bit more um, later in the episode. But I feel like even for adults right now, it's really difficult to maintain focus um, with just so much bombardment from all aspects right now. So I love the mindset, motivation, and methods. I think that is so key and like reframes it for a lot of people. How can we, if we have those pieces in place, how can we improve our focus and our concentration? So focus and concentration is actually, so the book is actually three books in one. So I went back into the the drawing board and I, I love the methods, but I added a whole section on mindset and a whole section on motivation. But in the third section, where motive, where methods actually starts, the very first chapter in that section, we talk about five superpowers. Um, the very first one is focus and concentration, because without that, you don't have anything, right? Even the when people come to me and they have challenges with their memory and they blame their retention, it's often not their retention. It's often more them paying attention, and so without focus. Now, the metaphor I use in the book. It's more like, uh, it's interesting. It's if you go outside and it's a nice day out, the sun is shining. And when you're a child, you used to play with those magnifying glass and you would burn leaves and things like that. And when you, when you look at them through magnifying glass, it's interesting because that focal point is very, uh, it's very bright. And isn't it interesting that we use that word bright to describe people that we feel are, you know, smart. And maybe they're not smarter, maybe they're just better focused. And that, that's really the metaphor that I use, that if you take a bulb that has all the same, you might not even see it if the sun's out, you know, in your, in your 
in, in your bedroom or in your living room. But if you focus that bulb, it could create a laser that could burn through, you know, maybe a wall. And that's the power of focus to be able to get things done. We, we know that, and I, I've, I've interviewed so many individuals on this, on my show and just in person, my own research that, that concentration, that you could actually practice concentration that a lot of people, this is something that you could learn and something you could practice, something you get better at. Yet most people do not practice concentration. What they do is they practice being distracted. And so if we're looking at this as a metaphor, like a, like a muscle, then, then distraction is a muscle. And so is concentration. And the, but the thing is, the thing that we're doing the most is what we're getting better at. And, you know, you and I have had this conversation before, but just as a quick reminder, one of the things that is building our distraction muscles is our, is our smart device, right? Especially that one thing I tell people not to do that I've been telling them for years, just for the first half an hour of the day, don't touch your phone because it's when you wake up, you're in this relaxed state of awareness, you're very suggestible. And the first thing you do is touch your phone, every ring, ping, ding, you know, social media alert message it just it trains your distraction it trains your distraction muscles first thing in the morning and um, and you wonder why you can't focus when you read you, you wonder why you have trouble focusing on the zoom meeting and your mind goes elsewhere because we've built those those muscles now the good news is we could also build our focus and concentration muscles just the same and and that's that's wonderful you know by the way the second reason why you don't pick up your phone in the morning just to address it it's not just, you know, your to-do list, it should be on top of your not-to-do list, is not only does it rewire your brain to be distracted, it also rewires your brain to be reactive, which means that you're just responding to fires or you're on the defense and you don't want to start your day just automatically teaching yourself to be reacting and, and fighting fires and everything, because we all know that we've had a voicemail or social media message, a voicemail message. Uh, that just ruins our day and it just hijacks our mind. And, and so we don't want to be reactive to things. So going back to this, there, there, was a, there was a study done at Princeton University that found that multiple stimuli present in our visual field at the same time, they compete for a neural representation by mutually suppressing their evoked activity throughout the visual cortex. Now, what, what does that mean? It's just Whenever you're multitasking, we know like multitasking is a myth that actually going from one thing to another, we're not actually doing them parallel. We are actually competing for, you know, our nervous systems competing for the same kind of resources. And so what you waste is time. You make more mistakes because it, it could take anywhere from five, 20 minutes to, uh, to regain your focus and your flow. And also you not only waste time, you actually burn glucose. So in the brain, so you're, you're wasting energy also, which is as important, I think, as your time. And so one of the things to remain focused, um, to be able to, to maintain and reduce the level of distraction is to train your brain to focus on one thing at a time. And it's, it's, it's that simple, but it's that difficult, right? So I'm not saying this is an easy thing to do, but we, in the book, let me rephrase the whole book. I, I put, I quote a French philosopher in the book that says this, life is a C between B and D. Life is C between B and D. And people are probably thinking that I'm speaking in code or, or tongues. B stands for birth. D stands for death. C, life, stands for choice. 
And it's those choices that we're making every single day that really we could think about like our life right now, where we are, a snapshot of where we are right now is the sum total of all the choices we've made up to this point. You know, where are we going to live? Live. What are we going to eat? What are we going to feed our mind? What are we going to? What are we going to do for our career? Who are we going to spend time with? You know, big decisions and small, small decisions. And I truly believe that right now, that difficult times can define you, difficult times can diminish you, or difficult times can develop you. But ultimately, you decide. It comes back to the power of choice. So when I'm talking about distraction at a mental level is we always choose whatever we're doing on a regular basis, we're getting better at and focusing on one thing and not distracting ourselves with, you know, some ring, ping, ding, social media alert, you know, app notification, be able to minimize that and practice instead focus. Like even something like what I've talked about before, simple exercises in the morning, instead of checking your phone in the first thing in the morning, like brushing your teeth with the opposite hand or eating with the opposite hand. It doesn't necessarily take more time to do it, but the reason why I do that in my morning routine or I teach people to do it is because they have to focus on that activity. Besides the fact that if you use different parts of your body, it stimulates different parts of your brain. Um, we know this, that there are studies done at Oxford University saying things like, jugglers have bigger brains you actually if you learn how to juggle create more white matter that as a body moves the brain grooves that one side of your body controls the other one side of your brain controls the opposite side of your body but it's not a one-way connection it's a two-way so that way if using different parts of your body actually stimulates different parts of your brain not only get that benefit first thing in the morning when you're brushing your teeth but it forces you to be present and so when you're doing it you have to pay attention and you're training your attention muscles so it doesn't have to take time. It, just like even when I talk about taking a cold shower, it doesn't take more time. It's just replacing something, you know, taking a cold shower instead of a warm shower or hot shower. So what I would say, concentration is something that you could develop. It's something that's a muscle and it's something that you could get more fit at um, and just by making conscious choices throughout the day to focus on one thing at a time. Yeah, that I think that's so important. And you're right. Most people don't even think about like we're just so tied to our devices and we're constantly distracted, which is exhausting. And I know for moms, it leads to that overwhelm when you're just trying to juggle all of that, all the open loops at one time. And so just making those small shifts in focus can make a big difference, even if you're doing the same amount of things and you can't not have to get everything done, just um, being able to close some of those loops or not have them all going at once can make such a big difference. This podcast is brought to you by Four Sigmatic. You have heard me talk about them a lot and it's because I love them so much. Their products are a regular part of my life. And in fact, I can't even remember the last time I did not consume one of their products in a given day. My hands down favorite is their coffee with lion's mane. And there are two ways I drink it. They make convenient packets that are great for just adding to hot water for instant coffee on the go. And they also make a ground coffee with lion's mane that is great for brewing just like you would any other ground coffee. Another trick I do sometimes is to bring the packets with me and I will actually add them to coffee or even to decaf coffee when I'm traveling just for the extra energy boost. And I find that lion's mane gives me a lot of clarity and focus, but without the jitters. It's important to note, neither of these things or any of their products taste like mushrooms. So if you aren't a huge mushroom 
paste fan, these are still worth trying. They taste just like coffee, but they get that added punch from Lion's Mane, or they also have one with Cordyceps. And I find this gives me, like I said, clean energy and focus all day. I also love using the, their coffee packets for the popular Dalgana coffee that is making the rounds on social media right now. If you're not familiar, it's a whipped form of coffee that gets added to milk or it could be cashew milk, pecan milk, etc. And so I make that with their coffee and lion's mane packets and coconut sugar for a really delicious iced coffee treat. You can check out their coffee with lion's mane and all of their many products at foursigmatic.com forward slash wellness mama. That's F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com forward slash wellness mama. And if you use the code wellness mama, all one word, you can save 15%. This podcast is sponsored by hypoair.com. That's H-Y-P-O-A-I-R.com, which is a powerful line of air purifiers and surface sanitizers that can be used in any environment. Their systems and technologies are backed by 15 years of laboratory, university, and real-world commercial studies that prove that they can handle mold, dust, viruses, allergens, bacteria, chemicals, VOCs, and more. Unlike some systems, theirs combines various methods of purifying the air, to create a highly effective system that can handle anything from small apartments and individual rooms all the way up to their full-size commercial units for big spaces. With the focus on air quality and, and what we're finding about how important that is right now, I wanted to make sure these systems were available to all of you. And listeners of this podcast can save 10% on these air filters with the code wellnessmama10 by going to hypoair.com. So that's H-Y-P-O-A-I-R.com and make sure to use the code Wellness Mama 10 to save 10%. I think right now we're also in a really unique time as far as learning to navigate uh, kind of new social dynamics. And I don't like to use the word um, social distancing because I keep telling people, even if we have to physically distance, we need to figure out how to double down on emotional connection and social connection. But we are definitely much more isolated than we've ever had to be before. And I know I've read a little bit in, in different psychology journals about how that can have a really dramatic impact on the brain. So from what you know, like how is this changing our human interaction? How is it changing our brains? And how can we mitigate that? Yeah, let, let, let's, let's unpack that. Uh, I, I absolutely agree with you that words have powers uh, and if words affect your brain. So like you and I are being social right now, but we're physically distant. We're not being socially distant and we're not being mentally distant and we're not being emotionally distant because those kind of challenges could lead to loneliness and we know loneliness you know is on the rise and loneliness it definitely has effect on your nervous system especially for our mental health and that's that becomes a very big challenge you know my recommendation for people and the metaphor i'm using is that of a, of a cocoon right we're going from a caterpillar spinning a cocoon becoming a butterfly we're going through a metamorphosis and all that is, is a life cycle. And we feel like we're going through a life cycle right now. And this is a great metaphor for transformation because the butterfly is such a profound symbol for change. And when we are cocooning or being physically distant, we could be alone. You know, we could be alone with our thoughts, which is, you know, unique for a lot of people, unique with um, alone with our fears, alone creeps creep in your doubts uh, you, you can be feeling alone going back to that loneliness and sometimes it's tough because the truth is you know a lot of us have a tendency to cling to a world that was rather than you know being in the present 
and, uh, and progressing and continuing this cycle. And while the beauty is in the butterfly, the growth happens in the cocoon. So I could think of five quick things that people could be doing to mitigate um, this, this challenge. Uh, and there are five C's. Now, first of all, these are just suggestions. Who's, who's to say, I mean, we're going through unprecedented time and people could experience a wide range of emotions. And that's the part of the human experience. So who's to say for me, if somebody wants to spend five hours and watch Netflix and binge watch that and eat that did everyone do their own? My, my primary belief for everything that I wish I could installed in myself when I was a child with that broken brain, my number one, like if somebody asked me, like if I could, if I could just have everybody believe one thing, it would be that we are 100% responsible for our life. And that, that from there, that's a meta belief that I feel like will have a ripple effect. You know, I feel like it would have a very powerful effect on children that we're not thermometers, we're thermostats. The thermometer just reacts to everything and it's just, it's forced to react to everything that's going on in the environment as opposed to a thermostat, which can, it doesn't react, it gauges the environment, but then it sets their intention or their goal. And then it, you know, it, it imposes more of its will to be able to, to affect the environment and make positive change. And so going back to life as a C between B and D, C is choice, five choices. I would say that would we be healing and nourishing because what you nourish flourishes. This would be a, a great time for clarity. And by the way, when I say these five things, they don't have to take like five hours to do. I'm saying even if you could spend five minutes doing any of these things, it would help you move in the right direction. It would be a small, simple step, like we talked about before, that inch by inch, it's a cinch, that we don't have to overcomplicate it because thinking is good, but overthinking and wanting it to be perfect, that's just, we know that's not gonna happen, right? Because life, is life, like learning is just messy. So um, C, the first C, and I'll make them easy to remember, is clarity. I would say that solitude is, is a wonderful opportunity for self-reflection. That sometimes when you're going 100 miles an hour, we we can't take a pause and just ask ourselves, "Am I doing? Am I going in the right direction in our life?" And so maybe the you know a time for ourselves when we're cocooning, we could take some a little bit of time and self-reflect. You know, and that could come through talk therapy, that could come from journaling, that could come from meditation, whatever your practice is. Um, I like the power of questions because I feel like when you ask new questions, you get more clear answers for clarity. A good guiding question could be, what's most important to me in life? Like sometimes we don't, we're, we're going for months or years, you know, with the same, we never check in with ourselves. Like right now, if it was, what, what's most important to me in my life? What's most important to me at this stage in my career? What's most important to me with my family? What's most important to me with my time and my impact? And then once you have those things that, you know, we call values, once you have your values in line, then ask yourself another question. Are, are my actions aligned with those things, those, those answers, those values? Are, are, are the things I'm doing each day fulfilling those values? And maybe if they're not, then, then we maybe either have to reevaluate our values or reevaluate our actions. Because then, because if they're not aligned, that's where we sabotage ourselves. That's where we take a step forward and take two leaps back when our actions are not aligned with the things that are most important to us. So number one, clarity. Number two, uh, and then again, this could be also for your children. So you can apply this towards yourself. You can apply this towards your family. The second thing I would say is care. And this is one that you cover in abundance. So it, we know that self-care is not selfish. 
and all my my contribution here would be, I guess in the book we talk about the best brain foods and optimizing your sleep and stress management. I I believe it's just not physical hygiene. We all know we should be washing our hands and sanitizing everything in six feet. I, I my thing for care is just can be conscious of your mental hygiene. And my thing with this is just because we work with students. This is my you know going on twenty nine years, almost three decades. And I spend time with everyone from children with severe learning challenges to, you know, aging, aging adults who are, you know, challenges with dementia. I lost again my, my grandmother to, to Alzheimer's and everyone in between. And I would just say one of the things is control what you're putting in, the input, meaning that your, your mind has an algorithm like Instagram and Facebook has an algorithm that if you just liked and commented on every cat post, the algorithm is going to show you a lot more cats and it's going to skew things in terms of reality and say like, there are a lot of cats out there. Um, same thing with your mind. If you're just watching the news all the time and watching with, and, and, and understand that media is a business. And if it bleeds, it leads. They know that you are the ultimate product that they're offering their advertisers. And so they want you to show up and spend time. But if you feel like you're spending, now this is for you to determine it's your personal choice responsibility if you feel like you're spending too much time there let me just remind you it's just like that algorithm on facebook that if you're just feeding your brain darkness and what's threatening you're just gonna your mind is gonna feed you that same algorithm and you're gonna feel like that's everything in life and what happens is consciously you can't pay attention to a lot of things at once and so you're not shining a light on opportunity you're not shining light on what you all the blessings in your life what you could be grateful for you're not shining light on possibility and where's the gift in this and so i'm just saying that there should be some kind of harmony there um and so i would say because and this is the white reason why for your brain chronic stress shrinks your brain and when you're always in fight or flight you know and always cortisol adrenaline it's not where your children are that's not a good place to study it's not a good place to uh, to take a test it's not a great place to perform. And um, chronic, that's what chronic stress, chronic fear, we know in the areas of psychoneuroimmunology that it, chronic fear, it actually compromises your immune system, makes you more susceptible to colds, to flus, to viruses. And so where's that fear coming from? It's what we're feeding our minds. And just know that there's an algorithm there, just like you're training focus or you're training distraction, you could train your mind to look at what's wrong. You could also train your, your brain to look what you can be grateful for. And so, and I also think gratitude should be part of everyone's self-care process, just like self-love. Part of self-love is looking in the mirror and falling back in love with the person that's looking back at you that's been through so much, but is still standing. Part of self-care and self-love is knowing when you say yes to somebody or something, you're not saying no to yourself. Part of self-care is setting borders and boundaries on the things that are important to you, protecting your time, protecting your, you know, your, your emotions, protecting your mindset, you know, also, also as well. And, and obviously which what's being fed into your children's brain also be able to stand guard. And so that's, that's what I'm talking about for care. And gratitude is, is amazing because it's the antidote to fear. You know, if you ask yourself this simple question, like what if the only things you had in your life tomorrow were the things you express gratitude for today? I mean, that would be an interesting thought experiment and because we know gratitude rewires your brain for positivity, for peace. What if, if you want to feel wealthy in a time of economic disturbance, what if you made a list of all the things you have in your life that money can't buy and make that list. And that, that trains your focus, just like 
training it would be on the media for all, all the things that are just kind of dark and, and hazardous. Um, so that'd be part of care. Um, the third C, clarity, care is a contribution. And I think that one of the best ways talking about overcoming fear and uh, for, for yourself, for your kids, for your family is service. What can you do together to contribute some of your time, your talent, your treasure? Because that, just like gratitude is an antidote to fear, so is service and contribution. You know, so for for us, we are donating 100% of our proceeds from our book to Alzheimer's research and to build schools for children who have no access and healthcare and clean water. For us on social media, we're doing some uh, lives on Facebook and, and Instagram on teaching kids how to learn. The one subject I feel like is the most important because schools are not in session. You know, so how can you contribute in your time, talent, or treasure? And it doesn't have to be huge. It could be calling on a neighbor that you know is a little bit uh, vulnerable. It could be finding somebody, making sure they have they have food. The people that are working on on the front lines. You know, what's your unique way of contributing? And then number four, after clarity, care, contribution is uh, creativity. Uh, I mean, this is this is. I mean, you've heard this before, and maybe it's not new to you. But I'm just again, a coach sometimes just tells you sometimes what you you know need to hear, what what can be supportive of you. Even before what's going on in the world, there was jobs and opportunities that were going to machines, right? They were being automated. They are going to artificial intelligence. And what makes us truly human and valuable in today's society? I really do believe creators. Uh, you know, the future belongs to the creators. And so what have you always wanted to create? Because the limit, when I'm talking about limitless, I believe the limitless resource we have on planet earth is human potential, that the sky is not the limit. You know, our mind is a limit. There's no limit to your creativity. There's no limit to your imagination. There's no limit to us coming together. There's no limit to us, to human determination, right? And so how do we be able to unlock more of those resources? And you can be more creative. What would have, what has always been in the back of your mind, like a splinter in, in your brain that you've always wanted to create? Now is an opportune time to write music or to do your art or your poetry or to write that book or start that blog or make that video or start that podcast or start that business, right? What have you always wanted to create? And you've heard like with these memes, which are true, like it was during the, the great plague that William Shakespeare created Macbeth, created uh, Anthony and Cleopatra. It was during the plague when they closed down London, that one of the universities there that Isaac Newton had to go home. He had to physically distance himself and he was sitting underneath the tree and apple fell on his head, right? And he came up with the theories of motion, the theories of, of gravity. And I'm not saying we have to create those, but what, what's something that we could be creative, you know, because I also think that some people say that they're burnt out because they're doing too much. Maybe you're not burnt out because you're doing too much. Maybe you're burnt out because you're doing too little of the things that make you feel alive. And I think creative expression makes people, turns people's spark on and helps them feel alive. And then finally, the last C of you have, you have clarity, you have care, contribution, creativity, I would say is capability. Now is a wonderful time to learn and for your children also to learn. And what have you always wanted? You have your to-do list. We now know you should have a not to-do list. And what's on top of your not to-do list is touching your phone the first half an hour of the day, which I know is very difficult, but also a to-learn list. What's on your to-learn list? Because right now it's an exciting time because we have unfettered access to everything. <laughs> we, you can learn anything, Spanish, salsa, speed reading. There's a podcast for everything. It's a YouTube video for everything. 
And so what have you always wanted to read? And I just, I think reading is so important again, because I'm an advocate for reading. My teachers would have been blown away if I read a book, much less wrote a book. And I feel like reading is to your mind what exercises to your body. And, um, and so I think leaders are readers. The schedule 30 minutes of reading a day, I think is very important for us. But what's on your to-read to list? And so what have you always wanted to learn and again, you don't have to dedicate hours upon hours. I'm not saying this should take a lot of time. Small, simple step. You know, what, what is, you know, spending 10 minutes with yourself, reflecting, getting that meditation time and or doing a little journaling, and asking yourself that question, what's most important to me in my career? What's most important to me in my, in my family, in my time, in my life? You know, and are my actions aligned with it? Five, 10 minutes of just care that you wouldn't normally do you know, which could be going for a walk or doing some breathing exercises for yourself or taking, you know, doing, you know, doing a little stretching for yourself. You know, what's something small? What's something small you can do to contribute? Like that little phone call to or FaceTime to somebody who's a little lonely or, or someone who's elderly. And what can you do for the, your, your creativity? Maybe you could just write for 10 minutes, 10 minutes of writing or, or something else that makes you come alive. And then finally, five or 10 minutes of reading or listening to a podcast or doing something to feed your mind. And, you know, this is the, these are the five C's. And I would say, if I was to add to it, you know, this, the reason why I love your show and I love your community is that could be also another one. Another C is community is connect with people. You know, you don't, don't use this time to, you know, as an excuse to isolate because, you know, it's life is not here to be led through just solo. It's social. That's not just your neurological networks. It's your social network. You know, and who you spend time with is who you become, and and you know, and that's why I love your show because when when do get when do people get consistently encouraged and challenged and educated and people cheering them on? And if you haven't found that person in your life, then then be that person for somebody else, and especially be that person for you. And that that's the metaphor I would use. And then consistency, I could go on forever, but now I'm just thinking about it. Structure when you're home and you're maybe you're not used to being home, adding structure for your children, adding structure and consistency for yourself is so important. So, you know, define that first hour of the day, define that last hour of the day, first hour to be able to get your mind right, your, your, mind, your children's mind right, um, to be able that last hour to really be able to go into that parasympathetic sleep, rest, digest, recover, um, but add structure where you can uh, because the brain likes to have uh, consistency. And and I my 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 thoughts on this is just like when the caterpillar thought it was the world was over, it became that butterfly. And um, sometimes we have to fight through some bad days to earn some of the best days of our life. And if you're struggling, you know, my prayers and I wish you safety. I wish you security. I wish you wellness, whatever you need the most right now. And, uh, and remember you inspire people with your grit and your grace and, uh, you're, you're stronger than you think more than more, more than whatever's facing you're facing right now. I love that. And I'm right there with you. I think this is a very unique opportunity if we look at it like that versus, um, and with every challenge, certainly there is opportunity. And I hope that uh, we can all keep that focus on the positive, keep gratitude front of mind. And also, I hope that some of these things that are happening because of the unusual circumstance right now will stick around. I mean, we are all spending more time with family, or a lot of us are. Um, people are gardening more than they ever have. People are cooking at home more than they ever have. I think there's some beautiful lessons in this. And parents are, a lot of parents are moving toward homeschooling, even 
I've heard a lot of parents mention maybe not sending their kids back to school, but being able to adapt and learn at home. And so I think it's opening up some unique possibilities for all of us. And if, like you said, if we can keep that as the focus and view this as a time of metamorphosis, I think you're right. We could all emerge stronger and hopefully more connected with stronger community and stronger families at the end of this. And at the very least, we have to get through this anyway. So why not make the best of it and make it an opportunity for growth um, since we're all here anyway. And I like anytime I talk to you, of course, Jim, our time flies by because you're such a <laughs> to talk to. Um, I'll make sure I link to the book in the show notes, but of course, Limitless is available anywhere books are sold. But where else can people find you if they want to keep learning and keep in touch with you? I appreciate that so much. Um, the, the book is really my, my legacy. People don't know this, but I, I, I got into an accident where I almost died a few years ago. And that was because people ask, like, why do you wait, wait three decades to write a book? And it made me think about what I'd leave behind. And so I wanted it to be complete, that if people just found it, that they'd be able to get the results. And so people go to limitlessbook.com and we have a bunch of free gifts, um, including a 10-day speed reading memory program that would just, I want this to be the most read book that people buy, you know, because it, people are really good at buying books and they sit on your shelf and they become shelf help, not self-help but people aren't really good at reading the books. And so I, I wanted to give people a 10-day program so that they would actually be excited and have the skills to read it. Because I think a lot of people don't read because they're not, they don't feel comfortable doing it. It's not a fun process for them. And then we do a four-week book club with everybody. And it's, it's all just included with um, when people buy it on limitlessbook.com. And there are four sections of the book. We spend one week per section. And three of those sections are the mind, my mindset, motivation, and, and methods. Where people could connect is on social media, um, just like yourself. You're very active. Um, everything is at, at Jim Quick, K-W-I-K. I would actually invite people. I challenge them, you know, and then also our podcast, obviously. You just listen to Jim Quick on, you know, on any of your podcast apps. You could just search for it. And we have a show about 200 episodes. It's 15 minutes long on how to remember names and languages and study and, and um, change your habits. The, the last place what I would say is I would challenge everybody because I think one of the best ways of learning something is by teaching it and um, to take a screenshot of this episode and tag Katie, tag myself. I am at Jim Quick, K-W-I-K, and, um, and share your big aha because when you share something that you've just learned, you're, you're more likely to integrate it and learn it better because, again, when you teach it, you learn it twice, and that way your friends and your family, your followers, they could see it. And if you tag us both, I could see it. I'm happy to repost some, you know, some of our, some of the ones that you post, and also, um, and I'll actually gift one one person just for fun uh, a copy of the book because I, I just appreciate I appreciate your community so much, Katie. Like we we have known each other for for quite some time, and you're a real force for good. You're an inspiring, you know, force of nature because I think this is so even more necessary than, than ever before. And I love your perspective in that this, you know, where's the gift in this, you know, because it's never, it's never all dark. And that's coming back to the, the, the through line with this entire episode is that we have a choice. We always have a choice of, of what we're going to focus on, what things are going to mean, what are we going to do and be that, that butterfly. And then Jen teacher, and be that living example for your children that, you know, I have this, this Ellen with this, I, I have a fear of heights um, because of, you know, that's why you see me skydive and do zero G and those crazy stuff on Instagram and Facebook um, because I fell off a roof. What That was one of my traumatic brain injuries. And when the butterfly comes out, you, I saw one the other day 
up in a tree and I, and I do these games where I'm just trying to like, if I was that butterfly, what would I be feeling right now? Cause that butterfly looks really calm and, and confident, but I realized it's calm and it's confident, not because it puts its trust in the tree branch. That butterfly is calm and confident because it puts its trust in its own wings. And I think the process that we go through is we need, we need to, to know ourselves. We need to trust ourselves. We need to love ourselves, And then we really, we need to be ourselves. And I, I think that's, that's a formula for real, real fulfillment. I love that. I think that's the perfect place to end. And, and I'll make sure that there are links to everything that you mentioned in the show notes at wellnessmama.fm, um, including to your book website so that people can get the speed reading program and all those bonuses, which is awesome. I really appreciate you sharing that with the community. And thank you so much, Jim, for your time today and for all the work that you put in. I know that this book, like you mentioned, was a labor of love for many, many years. And I had the chance to read it. It's absolutely incredible. Definitely encourage all of you guys to pick up a copy. But thanks for the time today, Jim. It's always a pleasure. Katie, you're the best. Thank you, everybody. And thanks as always to you for sharing one of your most valuable resources, your time with both of us today. We're so grateful that you did. And I hope that you will join me again on the next episode of the Wellness Mama podcast. If you're enjoying these interviews, would you please take two minutes to leave a rating or review on iTunes for me? Doing this helps more people to find the podcast, which means even more moms and families can benefit from the information. I really appreciate your time. And thanks as always for listening.